Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. say this real quick there's a lot of us that and we're, we're dealing with and handling this this pandemic and in, in our way and and you know however we see fit to get through it but don't allow the devil to cause fear to steal from you and one trend that's happening that I'm hearing from from studies and and things like that is there are a lot of Christians and I'm not getting on anybody that's staying home and watching us online I think you should stay until you're comfortable to come but here's a trend that's happening is that a lot of people are going out in all other areas of life. They're going shopping, they're hanging out with their friends, they're going out to eat, but when it comes to church, they're saying, oh, I can't go. Now, let me just say this, that's, that is the devil trying to disconnect you from the body that God has placed you in. And I want to encourage you, you know, if you don't feel safe going out in public, then stay home. And, and stay safe, and we will stand with you in prayer that you will get through this. Amen. But don't be lopsided in, in what you stay away from, because the devil will convince you to stay away from church. Right. Why? Because it's your resource. It's the place where you're fed spiritually. It's the place where you're encouraged. Isn't it great to walk into a place where everybody there is excited to see you? Yeah. I mean, we should name our church Cheers. <laughs> you know? The place where... <laughs> Everyone knows they're, um, we won't do that, but I, you know, I think it'd be pretty cool personally, but don't let the devil steal from you what God has for you. And, and like I said, if, if you're part of the at-risk community and you're more comfortable staying home, we are in agreement that that's what's best for you. And we don't pressure you or anything like that, but there are those that are out there that are being duped by the devil. And there's thinking that church is the dangerous place. Let me tell you something. We sanitize this place. We sanitize every place you put your hand before you get here. Right. We ask you guys to, to, to um, use hand sanitizer, which, you know what? We don't use the cheap stuff. I was in a store this morning, and I used their hand sanitizer, and it smelled like I'd been at a, a bourbon f factory or something. <laughs> I mean, it smelled so strong, I expected to get pulled over for DUI. <laughs> it, it was nasty. I, I feel like they should put on the label on the bottle, you know, cheap hand sanitizer. <laughs> So you know what you're getting into. But we use the good stuff here. You know, Hunter Pro no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, we, <laughs> we go to every, every link that we can to, to make this safe. And, and, you know, let me tell you something. This is just for us. The theater's not open. They don't have anybody coming in. This is just Faith Family Church right now. Unfortunately, it's not going to be that way forever, but it'll be that way as long as we need it to be. And uh, we're making the most of it. So if you're out and you're at home, come on, you know. If you're going out in public and you're, you're interacting with people at, at Publix, you can come to church. Right. And you say, well, I can watch it online. You can, but it's not the same. Right. You see the singers and me. You don't see these amazing people that come here to worship God Amen. and are here to stand with you in prayer. And you're here to declare victory over any pandemic, over any attack that the devil has. Amen. We do this together. Amen. We do life together, and we succeed together. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, Nick, go ahead and start our clip, if you will, and then we're going to jump into the message. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember... Gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show.
Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment invite you to experience the magic of the classic story as it comes to life like you've never seen before. In a place where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, old young Bishop. Yes, this Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is the Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. From Universal Pictures. But what would I wear? And imagine entertainment. Forgot about the reindeer. Mr. Grinch, I myself am having some Yuletide doubts. Don't care. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! If you think you know the whole story. What if it's all just a misunderstanding? This could change my entire outlook on life. Really? No. Don't know Grinch. Jim Carrey. <laughs> In a Ron Howard film. Somebody's fabulous! <laughs> so you probably can tell that we, uh, we have a new series we're starting today, and it's Christmas at the Movies. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some movies, and we're going to pull out some truths in God's Word that maybe will help us where we're at. And there, there is a lot in this uh, this. Um, story of the Grinch. In, in 1966, December 18th, 66 million people went to see the Grinch that stole Christmas. It was Dr. Seuss's rendition. And, and the thing about Dr. Seuss is that his books are incredibly short in words, but they have a whole lot of meaning to them. And he kind of could see the human condition and address it through these funny unbelievable stories like Green Eggs and Ham and The Cat in the Hat and The Grinch That Stole Christmas. And what we're going to do is we're, gonna, we're just going to kind of focus in on why The Grinch Stole Christmas. See, we know he did and we know what's going on there, but with my analytical mind, the way it works is I want to know what caused him to do it. What was his motivation? Why would anybody want to steal Christmas? I mean, you know, I, I look at the people here, and, and I'm sure those are online. Most of us, if not all of us, we enjoy Christmas. We, we want to be a part of the celebration. We want to decorate. My wife extremely wants to decorate. You know, I mean, it's like, let's do, and our dogs are excited because they're like, new chew toys, yay, you know. Um, so there's like an ongoing battle at our house with Donna, dogs. And that's not even to figure in the cats. Yes, I have cats. I've changed. And all of you who I insulted your cats in the past, I meant it, but I don't mean it now. Because, and, and my wife is, I need you to pray for, turning into a cat lady. Uh, <laughs> she, she sees these cats and she just falls for them, you know? And we have a new addition, which, you know, we had it undercover for a while. We tried to sneak it past our kids because both of our boys are allergic to cats. And I, I asked my wife, I go, what signal are you sending? You know, <laughs> uh, Pastor Eric hasn't come to our house to hang out because he's allergic to cats. And he doesn't let Caleb come to our house anymore because when Caleb, Caleb loves cats. And when he goes home, it's, hi, Daddy. And Daddy's, <laughs> you know, and, and stuff. So, but there is Claritin for children, which works very well. And... Uh, we encourage you to partake of that. But Christmas is an exciting time for a lot of us. But do you know at the same time, uh, studies show that depression is at an all-time high of any other time in the year during the Christmas season. 
there are a lot of people that really struggle. And even though some of us can't imagine somebody who would want to still or stop Christmas, there are those who, who dread it. And because it magnifies the feeling of being alone, being isolated, not mattering. And it, it magnifies some of the pain that they feel from wounds of their past. And the thing about Faith Family Church and why we exist, we're not here to, to be known. We're here to let people know Jesus. And uh, we don't have our own parking spaces and we don't put our names on things because it's Jesus' name that is the name above every name. Amen. And we believe that God has called us as a church to be a church where you can find healing for the past, help for the present, and hope for the future. And that comes from a relationship with a living God who is, is aware of what you're going through, what you've been through, and wants to get you to a better place. And that's what we teach. That's what we live. That's what we're about here at Faith Family Church. Amen? Amen. So we're going to be looking at um, the, the uh, Grinch's story. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not going to focus so much on the original, which it was great. Uh, in doing study for this series, I found out that Boris Karloff, who was one of the monster guys from the movies, the old movies, I think it was Dracula, right? Was he? Dracula or Frankenstein from the originals. Um, he's actually the voice and the narrator of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, which I thought was very interesting, but some of you are like, just get it on. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep going. So the, the fact is that even though there's some of us who can't imagine somebody who would want to steal or stop Christmas, there have been real-life Grinches in this world that we live in. In fact, there was one that we can read about in the Bible, and we're going to see that, it, that he actually was a lot like the green, hairy guy in the story, and he kind of he was out to steal Christmas from the very beginning. And if you would, I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 2. And as we get ready to read, I want you to, to be real open today and with yourself. Self-awareness is, is the first step to getting past the things that are trying to hold you back and trying to hold you down. And I'm going to ask you to be real honest with yourself today. And as we look at the pain that the Grinch was going through and why he did what he did and we're going to look at the pain and, 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 and why this real-life Grinch did what he did. I want you to do a little heart check today and say, where am I in this? How, how's my heart? How am I dealing with hurts? Because the truth is, every one of us, I don't care who you are, you're going to have some pain in life. You're going to have some hurts in life. People are imperfect. And the people we share the planet with, they have a tendency to hurt. And, and not be as, as careful about you as they are about themselves. And truth be told, some of us have inflicted pain on other people. We have done things that's caused them emotional, relational, physical sometimes even pain. I was a different guy before Jesus. I was a guy where I didn't care if I hurt you. Matter of fact, sometimes I went out looking to hurt people. And I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But now I'm the guy that, that cries and just wants to hug you and pray for you. And me and Dave, I'm going to embarrass him, but it's okay because he loves me. Uh, Dave's like a monster. He's huge. He's one of those guys back in the old days of my life. If I had to confront him, I'd be thinking, how do I take this monster down fast? Really, because he's big. His hands, when he does this, looks like lunchboxes. I mean, he, he's a big guy. And, and now he, we were talking yesterday on our Harleys looking tough. Uh, we were talking about how we, we cry now and, you know... <laughs> But the thing we said was we like ourselves better now Amen. because we feel and we experience life in a whole different way than being calloused and, and, and isolated, not letting anybody close. Yeah. I mean, when, when Donna and I first got married, she really struggled with the fact that I didn't show her affection because I was guarded. I, I protected myself. I wouldn't let anybody hurt me. Um, okay, got it little secret message that you guys don't know what it was. <laughs> but I got to stand up straight and speak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, what I was saying was, is she really struggled with the fact that I didn't show emotion because I protected myself. See, I thought it was being tough, you know, and, and stuff. But really, I was just afraid to let anybody in close. And she would even say, you know, you never tell me you love me. And I'm like, I married you, didn't I? You know, I mean, literally. And she would say, you don't hold my hand in public. I said, well, everybody knows you're with me. And I was just hardened. I was hard. 
And it wasn't really, I mean, I've worked at getting better at that after we got married, but thank God Jesus got a hold of me. And uh, I'm a different person. And in that, he healed some of the hurts and the pains that I carried. And you realize that if we don't deal with these pains in life, they go with us. And they grow and they fester. And we can try to push them down as hard as we, we can, but they still grow up and they still manifest. And, and they manifest some way in some very destructive ways. Amen? So I want, with that in mind, and think about where you're at in your heart, I want to look at this real-life Grinch in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. You guys ready? Yep. And, and Matthew is the first book of the New Testament in your Bible, so it's easy to find. Uh, if you want to flip there or go on your phone, or you can follow along on the screen. It says this. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, there's our Grinch. This guy... He, he, was, he, he was a monster in some ways. Magi, or, or some translations say wise men, uh, the people we put in our yard with lights on, um, come from the east to Jerusalem and ask, where is the one who's been born? Now listen to this phrase, king of the Jews. King of the Jews. When he, when he saw his, no, uh, where's the one who's been born? King of the Jews. When, when we saw his star, when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now, look what it says. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He was very disturbed. And the reason is that King Herod carried the title of king of the Jews. He was allowed to be the king over this area because it was his job to keep the Jews in line and to make sure there was no uprising or any problem that would cause the Roman Empire, you know, any kind of distress. So they put him there as kind of like the watchdog, the authority, and allowed him to be king of the Jews. Now, the thing about King Herod is that he dealt with a lot of insecurity. And and he, he focused his life on not letting anyone be a threat to him. So when he heard that there was someone born called king of the Jews, he saw it as an immediate threat. And it says that not only was he disturbed, but look at this, and all Jerusalem with him. Why? Because he was a maniac when he was upset. And as we're going to see, he did some horrible things because he felt insecure. He felt like somebody was challenging him and challenging his position. So all of them were disturbed, all of Jerusalem. Verse 7 says, then Herod called the Magi secretly. He said, hey guys, come here. I heard what you said, that you know, there's a star and you're looking for the one who's, who's been born king of the Jews. And this is my translation. He's saying, here, here's, what, here's what I need you to know. He's somewhere in, 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 Jeru- in Bethlehem, and what I want you to do is I want you to go there. I don't have time. I'm busy. I'm king, but I want you to go there. I want you to find him and then get word back to me so that I can come and worship him too. Well, see, that was a farce. That was, that was a, a lie that he was presenting so that he could come and do something else. But what happened was, this, this, this Grinch, according to Matthew's account of this Christmas classic, was King Herod, and, and he didn't want to go worship the Christ child. He wanted to go eliminate the Christ child. He wanted to kill him. In, in essence, he wanted to steal and stop Christmas to where none of us could celebrate what Christmas really means to us, more than trees and presents and, and, and songs and dinners. It means salvation. It means redemption. It means acceptance no matter what we've done. It it means love that surpasses any horrible thing that maybe we might have been a part of. God's love comes and covers us because of the birth of our Savior. Amen? And and he didn't want that. He wanted wanted to stop it. He he wanted to, to destroy it before it ever got started. Now, the thing about the story is a lot of us hear the songs and we read the stories and we, we know about these magi, these wise men who come from the east. And you remember last year we taught a story in detail about how far they came and what they gave up to search out this new king who'd been born to be the savior of the world. And they traveled so far. And here's Herod. He's sitting there thinking, okay, you know, these guys are serious about this. You could tell, man, I mean, you know, They've come a long way. This must be something really significant. So what he wants to do is he wants to jump in and he wants to say, hey, 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 hold on. You know, I'm not going to let anybody threaten my position. 
you know, I'm king of the Jews. I have to be king of the Jews because that's who I am. And, and that's how I see myself. And anybody that threatens that, I'm going to do away with them. So it went to the point where, where Herod, because of, of the pain that he had suffered as a child, and we're going to get into this, he did things that we would think is unimaginable. Just like the Grinch did things that were unimaginable to the Hoods. Going in, and, how many of you have seen the, the one of the, there's been three now, I think. How many of you have seen the stories of the Grinch? How many hasn't? Let me see that hand. How many of you haven't seen any of them? Wow. I didn't know there would be anybody that hadn't at least been aware of the Grinch, the hairy guy. And, you know, anyway, he's, he's a bad guy. He's hurting. And, and he, he lived in a place when he was a child called Whoville. And he was born just like all the other Who. And when they were born, they floated into Whoville on umbrellas. It's not real. And uh, they float in on umbrellas, and then a Who family takes them in and raises them and cares for them and stuff. And what happens is we're going to look at how the pain of our past can cause us to do some things that, that aren't becoming in our future. If we don't deal with the pain, it manifests. It comes out. Now, I'm a guy that when I saw the first Grinch story, even as a kid, I was like, why? I mean, I was four years old when it first came out, but it was on every year. So I would wonder, why? Why is he so mad? Why does he get so upset about Christmas? Who gets mad at Christmas? My parents worked so hard. My mom decorated, and, and we didn't have a lot of money. We, we had a lot of kids. My dad worked very hard. At Christmas time, he would take on a second job to make sure that we were blessed and everybody got presents. And literally, when you walk down the stairs into our basement Christmas morning, it looked like a, a wave of presents hit. And that's because my mom and dad worked so hard to find the best deal on the toys, and my dad would work two jobs. My mom made most of her Christmas decorations, uh, and she would start early. You know, she would already be ready doing stuff during Thanksgiving. But then when Thanksgiving was over, like, it, you finished dessert, it was time to start decorating. <laughs> and, you know, that was back when the lights uh, were, no matter how well you wrapped them up, the next year somehow they were tangled. And they were the ones where if one bulb went out, the whole strand went out. My mom had a, a thing, it was called a tick. And it was this device. And you know what? This was high tech for us. And what you do is you take the strand of lights and you plug them in. They're not working, but you would take this thing and it would go. And it would find the bulbs that were bad. And if you weren't doing anything at our house, you were involved. You know, you could be trying to sneak out the back door and mom would be like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, come here, come here, come here. String this popcorn, hang these bulbs, check these lights. I remember one time I was sitting in the basement, and I've got these lights. They're all over me and stuff, and I'm working on them and stuff. And I mean, they're all over me. And all of a sudden, they all start smoking. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going up in flames on Christmas. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, and we unplugged them, and we threw those away. And, of course, we had to go to the store immediately to go get replacement bulbs. But this is just the way my mom and dad were. They were about Christmas. But Herod and the Grinch, they wanted to stop it. It caused them discomfort. They were disturbed by Christmas. So, you know, I always wondered why, why is the Grinch so angry at, at, at Christmas? And in 1966, in the original, you don't really see why. But in 2000, in Jim Carrey's version, it gives us a little insight to why the Grinch hated Christmas. He had something happen in his life that even though he was young and he was growing up like the other kids, and, you know, he was different, he, he was green, they weren't. He was hairy, they weren't. He still went to school, he still had interaction. And there he suffered some racism, if you will. He suffered some bullying, some rejection, some ridicule. But he was going through, and at eight years old, he was living life, and he actually found this little girl that he thought was very cute, like a lot of eight-year-old boys. You know, that right about that age, they start noticing that, wow, she's different. <laughs> and you start hearing her name come up. This was Martha May. There's other little boys who, who are eyeing little girls right now, which is, uh, I can't say anything, but it's very cute. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, he really liked her, and he went home, and, and he had this big thing. But something happened, and it was, it was a powerful experience in his life caused him to be the way he was when he was older. Let's look at it and see. Watch this clip. For some reason, 
when he came home that day, he really got into the Christmas spirit for the first time. Baby picture you Perfect! Hanging around a Christmas tree. Whoopee! Colored lights and an angel of a bar. Ah. Christmas love love. What a lovely family ever! I want you all to look your best tomorrow. You don't have a chance with her. You're eight years old and you have a beard. Has everyone given their gifts? I haven't. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot's gift. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. Put the book down. And your foot. Look at that hat job. So you can see here, he is at eight years old. Something happens in his life, and it causes him to reject people, to hate Christmas, and, and to isolate himself, and to pull back, not to be vulnerable, to be hurt again. And you say, I thought it was just a cartoon. There's a lot to this, and there's a lot being said in this story that we can apply today to maybe our lives, because so many of us carry the pains of our past, and, and we don't deal with them. They, the, the Who's loved him. They, they thought he was wonderful, but yet because of the pain that he experienced, he separated himself. He ran up to Mount Crumpet, and, and he, he stayed there. And as we look at this picture of the Grinch, you know, I, I'm, I couldn't help but think about how that this plays out in our lives sometimes. We get hurt. We get offended. Um, somebody doesn't treat us the way we, th they th we think they should have. Maybe we invested all of ourselves and, and they took it for granted and, and just threw it aside. And, and it really, it does hurt. But the thing is, God has a way for us to deal with the pains of life. And when we don't do it God's way and we just try to push them down or act like, oh, it doesn't bother me, try to act like that they're not there, our heart can grow small just like the Grinches did. And there's some things that can cause a small heart. We're only going to look at a few. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, the first one is that, uh, and, and a small heart, of course, we mean a hard heart, somebody who's disconnected, somebody who's angry and, and has this bitterness on the inside of them uh, for whatever reason, or, or maybe they, they become self-loathing because in their hurt or wound, uh, somebody did something to them uh, in a form of abuse, maybe physical, maybe sexual, maybe, maybe relational, maybe emotional, but they've been abused. So they pull back. And, and they guard themselves because they don't want to get hurt again. So one of the things that can cause our heart to get small or hard or disconnected is wounds of our past. And as a pastor, I can tell you that I meet and talk to people on a day-in and day-out basis. I mean, I'm always talking to people at different ages and things. And, and a lot of times, I mean, you, you can be teenagers, you can be in your twilight years. There are people that are carrying these wounds with them and not allowing not opening themselves up even to God to allow him to help them work through and allow his healing power to come in. 
And, and what happens is, uh, the more that we press it down, the more that we ignore it, the more that it festers until the point that it actually can manifest itself in our lives. And sometimes we don't even know why. We don't know why we are the way that we are, but the way that we are is a manifestation of the pain that we've carried. And you say, well, well, I, I don't know. There's a lot of times that we block it out, but we find ourselves in destructive patterns and, and in patterns that would either keep us from having a fulfilling relationship, keep us from feeling good about ourselves or, or thinking we could ever really amount to anything or we could ever be successful. And not knowing that some of that came from when we were a kid or maybe on your first job or maybe somebody you were in a relationship with or maybe yesterday when you fought with your wife. Words hurt, right? People's actions hurt and we have to know how to deal with it Otherwise, it will continue and it will actually go and haunt us our whole lives. Everyone has these hurts and nobody's, nobody's immune to them because we live life in an imperfect world. And there are people that want to hurt us. There are people that unintentionally hurt us. But there are people that hurt us either way. And with the Grinch, he had, he had these wounds and they grew to bitterness and they grew to hatred and they grew to a place where he couldn't stand anybody else celebrating the thing that was the source, that eighth grade or that eight-year-old school Christmas party was the point that his hatred for people, his hatred for Christmas, his hatred for being around anyone or anyone else enjoying it, it, it happened there, but it grew until <clears throat> it manifested in his, in his adult life. Does that make sense? And what happens is that we, if we don't deal with it the right way, we try to suppress it or we try to to overcome it by filling our lives with other things, something that would drown out or, or suppress the pain. And it opens us up to some very destructive actions in our life. And even the Grinch, as, as he, you know, he carried this pain, he got to the place where he would do anything to, to drown out the pain of his past. And, and I know there are people that are addicted to things today because they never learned how to deal with the pain of their past. You say, well, Pastor Mike, is this a Christmas story, a Christmas message? It is because freedom came when Jesus came. Amen. Deliverance came from that baby who was born for us. And if we don't understand how or why, then we're never going to e experience the fullness of what it meant when he came and was born in a manger as our Savior. Amen? And, and, and we see that with, with the Grinch, he did everything he could. I've got one more clip I want you to watch today. And uh, you're going to see exactly what he did, and maybe you don't do the same thing, I hope. But they might be able to, to remind you or, or show you that some of the things you do in life, the way you respond, the way that you interact, maybe the way that you get so close and then pull away because you realize now I'm vulnerable, or maybe the fact you're just mean, that you're a person that you're just, you're just gruff with people and you're a know-it-all because if you don't know it all, then that makes you vulnerable. So you just tell everybody else, what, well, this is what I think and this is what's going on. And you never really let them express themselves because you're afraid that they may have something to say that undermines who you think you are. There's all of these things, but we can get caught in a trap of trying to suppress and trying to drown out like the Grinch did. No sound. Yes, this Christmas music. Anyway, if we watch this. We'll see that he's waking up and he's hearing Christmas music. And it drives him nuts. He starts throwing nuts and bolts and blenders just to make some noise. He's yelling and screaming. He's got to stop this noise. He can't stand the fact that people are seeing Christmas carols and they're enjoying and looking forward to Christmas. He actually goes to the point where he puts his head in the symbols of a giant monkey and has it slamming his head just to try to drown out the, the noise of, of the source of his pain. And see, we may not stick our head in symbols with monkeys, but we might turn to a bottle. We might 
started, you know, taking advantage of some pills that maybe we were prescribed, but because they help us drown out, we take a few too many. Or, or maybe we start going on websites that, you know what, they won't reject me on that website. I won't feel insecure on that website, and no one will know. And see, all of these things are trying to drown out the pain. Instead of dealing with the pain, we try to drown it out by bringing other things into our lives. And it might be that we, you say, well, you know, I don't do that. Yeah, but do you get overly active in, in pleasure? Do you get overly active in, in sports where you're consumed and life doesn't really exist outside of you being involved in some sports activity or watching some sports activity? There's a lot of different manifestations of these pains. And all I'm trying to do is to bring them to the surface so that you can think, hey, you know what? Maybe I do this because I haven't dealt with that. And what I want to show you before we close today is that as we learn to stop trying to drown out the pain, but we actually learn to deal with the pain, take advantage of the Savior who came and what he made available to us, we can actually be free from the pain and we can rise above it and we can become the people that God has created us to be. Amen? And really, that's what it's all about. And, and that's what we're here to, to find out. And we find out that like with Herod, the real life Grinch, he had some things manifest in his life that we would look at and say, how could anybody ever do that? But yet he was really just trying to drown out the pain. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Herod's early life. We know he was called Herod the Great. We know through, excuse me, through history and from what scholars teach and even in some books of antiquity that have been written from a long time ago, we can get some insight to his state of mind. And we can apply some modern-day psychology. You know, there, there are people who can study your actions and can tell why you do the things you do. You know, like there used to be a show for the FBI where they would look at the crime and, and how it was committed, and they could actually help them determine who did it by the way they did it. And there's a lot of that stuff that's real. I mean, you know, there's psychology teachers, you say, human behavior studies and stuff. And we may not know a lot about Herod, but we know something happened in this guy's life to cause him to do some crazy things. We know that he was king from about 40 B.C. till right after the birth of Christ. We know he was a great builder, and he actually received praise from his people at times during his reign. He rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. At the same time, he had this incredible character flaw that, that you know, it, it's thought to be because he endured something horrible in his early life that caused him to be this way. He had this, this insatiable, and here's the thing, reasons for a small heart. This is the third one. It, 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 we have this insatiable lust for power and control. And the result of that, having this in our life is usually because somewhere in our life, somebody took control from us or they, they, everything was out of control and we felt vulnerable. We felt like I have no control and I'm at the mercy of whoever is in control. And, and it drives us to never want to be like that again. So then we have this controlling personality. And you might not be doing the things that Herod did, which we'll look at, but you may be controlling your family, controlling people in your life, controlling your kids to such a, a point that they just want to get away. And you don't realize that you're not protecting, you're, you're manifesting from pain that you had in your life. And, and what's happened with Herod is that something has happened in his life where he was so insecure, he was so afraid that somebody would rival him or, or, or be able to replace him that when he heard things like a new king of the Jews was born, it put him over the edge. This is a guy that did horrible things to people very close to him. And, of course, he's an extreme, but maybe there's some things where you realize, like, oh, I, wish, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, Herod murdered his wife. He murdered his mother-in-law. Herod assassinated three of his sons. The Roman emperor Augustus made this statement. It's safer to be Herod's pig than it is to be his son because he was so ruthless about anybody he saw as a threat, off with their head kind of a thing. He literally would have him killed. Anybody that challenged his authority, he would crush. I mean, it's because he was hurt. It's because he, he was insecure. And, and he did these things because his heart had grown small. You can't, normal people can't do those kind of things. When Herod was, was about to retire, he knew he was old and he was about to die. And, and I'm going to close in just a second. 
And even though I took some shots over this last four weeks about the length of time that I <laughs> preach, and it's okay, I, I can take it because I like to dish it out, but I do want to make note that the people who gave me the shots went over when they were preaching, you know, and uh, can I get an amen, Pastor Chris and Pastor Eric? Anyway, um, so, you know, just uh, before you throw a rock, make sure your glass house is clean. Anyway, um, so, so, amen. yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a peep over here, huh? <laughs> Come on, don't, don't let it get you down. But anyway, here, let's get back to the message. So here's, here's Herod. He's been a horrible guy, and he's done these horrible things. When he knew he was about to die, he moved to Jericho, kind of a retirement thing, uh, retirement community for kings, I guess. But anyway, he went there, but when he went there, he, he left this order for, for several of the distinguished citizens of Jerusalem to be rounded up and, and charged with these trumped-up charges and then to be imprisoned just because he was mean. But that's not the worst of it. He made a decree that when he died, and he knew he was about to die, that the moment that he dies, they should all be put to death. And you think, wow, that's harsh. The worst part is why he would do that. He knew that nobody would shed a tear for him because he had been so ruthless, so power hungry, so controlling. And he says, you know what? I'm going to make sure that tears are shed the day I die. So I'm going to have all of these people killed just so people will mourn. This is a hurting person. This person's hurting from some serious things that have happened in his life. Have you ever heard the term hurting people hurt? That's a reality. And, and people that have been hurt, if they don't deal with their pain, they grow up to hurt other people. People that are abused, if they don't deal with that, a lot of them grow up to be abusers. You say, well, that, that's mean. No, that's fact. And I'm not judging them. I'm saying there's help that can free you because even though they're hurting other people, they're still in bondage to their pain. And it just perpetuates. And God's saying, let's, let's get free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen? And what, what I want you to see as we close today is that, yeah, you know, Herod was like that. And, and he got to the point. This is, this is how, how off he was that when he heard there was someone who was born to be king of the Jews. And when the Magi didn't come back, the wise men didn't come back and tell him where he was, he freaked out. He was so threatened that, that somebody was going to replace him that he ordered the death of every male child from two years old and under to try to make sure he killed any threat to his reign. This is a person that is, is dealing with some serious issues. Amen? You can find that in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. I don't really have time to, to go to that today, but the thing that happens is when we allow the pain to continue and we don't deal with it God's way, we try to medicate it or numb it or drown it out, what happens is we inevitably become very self-centered where we are what matters first, how I feel, what, what do I think of this, and, and people can't treat me that way or I'm going to shut them off, I'm going to disown them, or I'm going to be mean to them. And we see extreme measures with, with Herod, but it can manifest in all of our lives in different ways. And what we need to know is that when you get to that point, you become self-destructive. You become an isolationist, if not physically, emotionally. And with isolation usually comes depression. And these are real issues that can debilitate and even ruin your life. And what God has said in his word and what he shows us in his word over and over again, that he's the one who came to heal the brokenhearted. It says in Psalms 147 verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted. I didn't give it to you, Nick. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So what, what I want to bring us to as we close today is that no matter what you've been through, and now that we've talked about it, maybe, maybe some of it has come to the surface that we've suppressed for years. But we don't realize that we're manifesting it. We're acting out in ways that are destructive because we never really dealt with it. And I want you to know the scripture that says, he who the Son has set free is for you and for me. And all of us have gone through stuff. All of us needed a Savior. And that's why Jesus came for every single one of us. And I don't know the stuff that's happened in your past. I don't know the way you've been hurt. Or maybe you're carrying the burden of hurting someone. 
I know this, Jesus can meet you where you are. You don't have to drown it out anymore. You don't have to run and hide from it. You don't have to try to numb it. You can open up and allow him to come in and to heal your heart and to get you from having a small heart. And we'll see next week how it can be a big heart. Amen. You guys with me on this? So I hope this has been a blessing. I I know that, that addressing these things can be uncomfortable for some of us, but as long as you invite God into that, you invite Jesus into that scenario, you'll be okay. It's trying to deal with them without God's help that you get in trouble that you get off course, that, you, that, that you, you, you go through it again and again and again. And I believe that in, in Christmas in 2020, there's been a whole lot of Grinches trying to steal our joy, trying to steal our Christmas, trying to steal everything that we have. But Jesus is still Jesus. God is still on the throne, and we still are promised the victory. Amen. Amen? But we need to do it God's way, and we need to allow his word to open up to us in such a way, whether it's family issues, whether it's job issues, whether it's a relationship issue, we got to open up to God. You don't have to open up to other people as much. Now, there is a process in that that the Word shows us, but the first step is to open up to God and allow His grace to flood in and to strengthen, to love, and, and to heal so that you can move past that, rise above that, and actually be that shining light that will affect other people and lead them out of the pain they're in. Amen? Amen. You with me? So if you would bow your, eye, bow your heads, bow your eyes, Bow your heads, close your eyes, and say this prayer with me. Father, today, you know my heart. You know it better than I do. And I ask right now that you would show me, you would reveal to me the things that I need to address with your help, with your grace, and your power. That you promise that your son is my savior and he's come to set me free not just from sin but from pain from wounds of my past from bondage that's tried to hold me back from being the person you created me to be today I declare by faith those chains are broke those wounds are healed with your help I will go past and reach great heights because he who the Son has set free today is me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, we got to do one more thing, and, and I never want to end the service, but, and, and I know most of you guys, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not positive. Um, today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. And the first step of allowing Jesus to heal your broken heart is to let him into your heart. So what I want to ask you is, if everybody would just close your eyes one more time. One more time. And this is out of respect for the people around you. Um, Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Nobody else can determine that but you. If you don't, I want to invite you. I want to beseech you, the Bible uses the word, which means I'm literally begging you to open up to him. He's got a future for you that will be free from those those wounds that have been inflicted on you. But he's got a future that he's laid out for you. He's planned, and he wants you to experience everything that he's prepared for you. But you have to be able to know his voice. You have to be able to follow his leading, the steps of a righteous man, which means you're in right standing with God, which is what happens when you accept Jesus and, and you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's Lord. All of your sins, all the things that that are wrong in your life get washed away and you're now in perfect right standing. You're what the Bible calls righteous before God because there's no sin separating you from a holy God because Jesus sacrificed, paid the price, and his blood washed it away. So I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to become like me. I'm asking you to be open to let God be real to you. So if that's you here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, but you say, you know what, I need that today, preacher. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Is there anybody here that's like that? You're in that position where you say, you know what, I need this. That's for me. Anybody? I'm looking around the room, and I don't see anybody, and I'm so thankful that all of you will be in heaven with me when I go, when we all go, 
and we rejoice on streets of gold, we're going to all be able to see each other. But for the sake of the people in our lives, in our influence, in our circles, let's pray for them because there's a lot of lost people who are hurting and confused and, and they're struggling right now. And we are the light to bring them out of darkness. So, Father, we lift up the people in our, in, our, in our circles, in our world. Father, we ask you to allow us to let our light shine in such a way where they would be drawn to you. Give us the boldness to speak a testimony, to speak a word in season. Help us to invite them to church so they might get to know you personally as their Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you that your son did everything that needs to be done so that we can walk free from our sin and walk in close, intimate relationship with you. So use us like a city on a hill, Father, that cannot be hid so that we draw the lost into relationship with you and they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We ask this, we believe we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, guys, we love you. Uh, let the people around you know that Jesus is real. Amen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to receive the offering. The way that we do that now because of the COVID thing is we drop it in the buckets in the back. And I want to say this to those of you who are off giving offerings and tithing. You're the reason the church exists. So many churches have gone out because nobody supported them. We don't have an organization that supports us. We have a body. We have a family that supports us and enables us to do everything we do because of you. So don't ever underestimate the power of your tithe and your offering that makes the difference so the gospel can still go out. Amen. We appreciate you. We love you. We, we want to pray over your offering. And then we want to go out and we want to realize real ministry starts when we walk out those doors, not when we're sitting in this room, because every one of us are ministers of the gospel in our own way. Amen. Amen. Father, we ask you to bless these finances that we've brought to your storehouse. We thank you that according to your word, as we give them with cheerful hearts, Father, you receive them, you accomplish that which you want to accomplish, but also you bless us and you cause men to give back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it come back to us as we're faithful and obedient to your word. We thank you for that. We give you glory and honor, and we just want to rejoice in the fact that today you are Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. If you did receive Jesus today online, there's a place where you can go, and you can, you can uh, look at our website where there's a, a message part there, and you can let us know that. If you have any prayer requests or anything like that, uh, you're important to us, and we want you to know that we pray over this. We have a prayer team that prays over all those prayer requests, and we're here for you. And guys, we're here for you. Amen? We love you. I'm going to run to the back and uh, so I can hug people's neck with my mask. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Thank you.